What is up, homies? Welcome back to another review from Heroes Reforged. We are talking about Dune Part 1. We'll be talking about a little bit of non-spoilers, a little bit of spoilers as well, um, but we will definitely let you know when we transition to that territory. Augustine Nysel saw it in Dolby Cinema. Uh, wow. Hector, you saw it in 3D. Correct? It was tight, dude. It was real. Uh, let me, t let me, let me yeah. tell you this. Let me tell you yeah. this. I, my thinking before going to see it was, I bet you the space shots, and there's not a whole lot. Mm -hmm. I bet you the space shots are going to look sick. And they did, dude. It was like, it was yeah. super, super cool, cool when we're like outside of a planet, and then there's this big weird ship, and then like the little ships are coming out of it yeah 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 you know, those kind of shots those kinds of shots i was like wow it was really really great so mm, fingers cool. crossed just to just to fill everybody in like the last denis villeneuve movie that he did that was in 3d i think was blade runner 2049 yeah best buy had the exclusive 3d blu-ray Mm. which means it was released in North America. So I'm really hoping, fingers crossed, Dune comes out 3D Blu-ray somewhere on the planet yeah. and I'll import it and it and it'll be cool. But um, so if that if that makes you feel like, oh, I'm, I don't want to miss it in theaters, like hopefully they'll just do what they did with Blade Runner. But you never mm -hmm. know. There's there's been a bunch of movies this year that were released in 3D and now never again. Poof, in the wind. In the wind. <laughs> I turd in the wind. Turd in the wind. <laughs> but it sucks because it's like you guys went to go see it Dolby IMAX. Yeah. Dolby yeah. Cinema. Yeah. Dolby Cinema. You also can't recreate that at home. And right. that right. was an experience, I bet. So there's like all these yeah. now there's like there's like multiple formats of movies that I want to see. Yeah. But it's like you got to go to the theater multiple times to catch yeah. a version well, of these movies. So, and also October was kind of tough because we had No Time to Die came out, and that came out on IMAX and 3D and Dolby Cinema and regular. Mm -hmm. Dune did the same thing. Eternals is doing the same thing. So, right there, these because there aren't enough 3D and IMAX theaters just generally, these movies are being rotated out so fast. So it's like you have yeah. to see it in five days, or you're not going to see it. And it's like, yeah okay, I better clear my schedule if I'm going to try to go see this movie in IMAX and in 3D. I better you know. clear 16 hours out of my day. Seriously. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, because we saw we saw Eternals in IMAX, but that was because we were invited to a screening. When it came to Dune, we right. just went out on our own on a Sunday morning. And yeah, yeah I'm super glad we got the, the, the mm. Dolby Cinema experience. But man, it's like it's cool. these movies, are the turnover is so fast. You blink and yeah. it's gone. Yeah. And it's always the biggest, newest movie, and you know, exactly. gone are gone are the days of catching a movie a few weeks after it's been out, and you go to the mm -hmm. theater on a Sunday morning, and it's kind of empty, and it's nice. No, you got to mm -hmm. go when it's kind of packed. And come yeah. on, AMC, <laughs> we're trying to avoid coronavirus. Come on. <laughs> In terms of uh, our history with it, Hector, you've read the yeah. book. I have not read the book. And I've also, I saw the David Lynch um, movie, the version, when yeah. I was in high school. So I haven't seen oh. it in years. So I feel like I'm very, very disconnected from Dune in terms of like the lore and the fandom. But the thing that kept pulling me into this movie was Denis Villeneuve because he, after Blade Runner and even Sicario and Prisoners and all that stuff, like he's one of my favorite directors. So I had a lot of high hopes for this movie. And mm -hmm. non-spoiler, I loved this movie. Like I thought mm -hmm. it was a really, really, really well done film. Um, but for you as someone who has read the book, what was that mm -hmm. experience like going into that movie? Honestly, I normally say that I think it's better to watch the movie before the reading the book. Mm -hmm. And I'm mm -hmm. rare. I will say that nine times out of 10. But in mm -hmm. the case of Dune, I think that I'm glad that I had some familiarity with the story, especially because we can talk about it in the spoiler section, but I also feel like I am basing my appreciation of this film, knowing what comes next, knowing what comes in right. part two. Right. You see what I'm saying? So like, I mm -hmm. can't judge this movie as a movie by itself either, because I do have knowledge of like, well, I know what they're gonna do with this character. I know what they're gonna mm -hmm. do with the story. Mm -hmm. I have an idea roughly of what Dune part two is gonna encompass. I haven't read anything past the first Dune book, so I also feel 
disconnected, even though I read an entire, the first Frank Herbert Dune novel. I haven't read Dune Messiah or any of the stuff that comes after. And I have some friends that are real Dune heads and they, they, they filled me in on like the long game. Cause it's a long game brothers. Yeah, it, this yeah. thing goes, this is like, this is like yeah. if Dune, this movie was episode four, a new hope. And like, they're planning to do a full nine episodes of the star Wars saga. Do you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? That, that also colored a lot of my viewing of the movie. But Adam, I also overall non-spoiler thoughts. I really, really, really enjoyed it. Parts of it I loved, moments I loved. And I think I liked it more than Blade Runner 2049, which is a sequel I already dug and owned the Blu-ray and like pop that shit in all the time. I think it's super mm -hmm. cool. I'm like, yeah. I think I liked Dune. I think Dune was was there were things that felt a little uneven for me for Blade Runner. Mm -hmm. But with Dune, it felt like a more complete you know, like Denis Villeneuve and everybody making the movie really just filled it out. Yeah. You know, they like production design, the cast, the world, the writing just really felt full, even though like three things happen in this movie and then it's done. <laughs> so, um, what did it, did the imagery live up to what you had built up in your head after reading the book? Oh, oh yeah. Pretty much okay. met it or exceeded it, mm. especially because I also recently watched the eighties version of Dune, that movie. And that movie's a trip, dude. That movie is a trip and a half. <laughs> it's a David it's, Lynch movie. It's hilarious. It's also a David Lynch, but it's also pretty accurate to what the book is. So like anytime there's some weird shit that happens, in, I'll tell you the weirdest thing from the David Lynch movie that I don't think is in the book is that David Lynch in the 80s thought that the character should have pets and they should have pugs. So a lot of characters are just holding little pug dogs. They're called like the war pugs. Like these pugs are somehow involved <laughs> in the skirmish. I'm like, that's David okay. Lynch. But the crazy, if you guys are like, if you guys did enjoy this movie and anybody watching at home, like went to go see Dune kind of like Adam and Augustine a little fresh and you're into it enough that you would want to check out the eighties movie. I say, do it. I think it is worth mm -hmm. watching for sure. But just know mm -hmm. that like, it'll probably spoil for spoil you for what happens in Dune part two. There's some weirdness in that movie that they left out of this movie. That is from the book that I was frankly surprised. I'm like, oh, they didn't really go over this. But then they really went into detail with this scene and this mm -hmm. character. And, you know, mm -hmm. so there's still shortcuts that they take to do the movie version. But okay. the imagery exceeded my expectations. I thought that this movie looked so good. Mm. The world looked amazing. The vehicles, the costumes, you know, even things that I didn't think were that interesting or impressive, whether reading the book or watching the, the 80s movie, things like the still suits. The, just the clothing mm -hmm. that they wear in the desert. In this movie, I was like, I think this is pretty cool. It's basically the same as the 80s version. And I still was like, oh, sick, cool. This is cool. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the yeah. force fields, the personal force fields, all that stuff was pretty mm -hmm. dope. So, mm -hmm. Augustine, what was your take on this? I'm, I'm assuming you had not seen the, the 80s movie in high school Nothing. like Adam did. Nothing. Yeah, what'd you like, think? I, I came in absolutely fresh. I was honestly very much looking forward to it because this is how I came into the Lord of the Rings franchise. I never read anything Lord of the Rings. I didn't know what Lord of the Rings was before the movies came out, actually. The same thing with Dune. I had to ask people, I was like, wait, is Dune, what, what is Dune? I'd never really heard of Dune. Nobody in my circle ever talked about Dune. Uh, never read it in school or anything like that. And so I was really actually blown away by this movie. Even though very little happens, I think it was told in a very smart way because at the very beginning, I'll admit I was lost with everything, like the, the houses that were going on, what exactly was happening on this planet, who was in this cologne commercial, 
and like what exactly was just going on overall, you know? I think after the first third of the movie, the story fell into such a cool groove and like I was just so immersed with the cinematography, the world building, the writing, just everything was so polished up so well that I just was buying into it. That was the point where I was just like, yes, I'm here, I'm locked in, this is what I wanna see. Uh, and it continued all the way throughout. And now I'm a big fan and I, it did, it did the job of making me want more at the end. By the end came, awesome. when the end came, I was that's like, awesome. dude, I've been here yeah. for almost three hours and I want more. So I, yeah. I, and I, and I think that's really the best praise I could give the movie that it did a good job of just immersing me in this universe. And now Adam and I were talking about this on the car ride home, actually, where we're like, maybe I don't even want to look into the Dune universe more right, right. before I see the next movies because I don't want anything spoiled for me. Uh, I want to go into the next movies without the baggage of 10 years of anything else that's happened. I just want to know what they're presenting and how they're presenting yeah. because for the first time in a long time, I was really blown away. The VFX were some of the best VFX I've seen probably ever, honestly. Like they were really, really good. Uh, only matched, I would say, by the VFX in Eternals. I would say they're, they're, that they're like, yeah. uh, like yeah. shot for you shot. Guys, I think it's to be really totally good. honest yeah. with you, I never expected that. No. You, you and that's not to say that the Eternals that. VFX are bad. Or, um, no. Yeah. Not to say that the VFX in Marvel movies are always bad, but you no. can always kind of tell when sometimes like, oh, man, they're, they're definitely in a rush to make this release date. Mm -hmm. Obviously, yeah. with you Eternals, guys... they had a whole extra year, so I think that made a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully. I remember that you had <clears> seen Dune before me. And then mm -hmm. we all went to go see Eternals and you guys were comparing it visual effects wise. Yeah. You guys were yeah. really yeah. saying like, Hector, wait till you go see Dune. Yeah. And that, that seemed like high praise for Eternals because you were like, we have just seen Dune and we're still- It was like, the day before we saw it. Yeah. You know, this is, it's, yeah. that's crazy. These are both so, big, great. sprawling movies, you know, exactly. other stuff. And, and so. comparatively, like both of yeah. these stories, I, and I don't want to compare both movies because they both do, do different yeah. things. Totally. But at the same time, both movies are presenting really big, wide, huge ideas. Mm -hmm. And they attack, it's, it's just interesting to see the way different filmmakers can attack big ideas yeah. like this. Yeah. You yeah. know, like Absolutely. the Eternals movie went very much character heavy, where Dune could have gone the same way, but we kind of boil it down to his essence. And I think that's, that's more the approach that Peter Jackson took on Lord of the Rings as well, mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. that like, there's so many characters that you could build this world around. He did the controversial move of removing Tom Bombadil completely from the story. And <laughs> like, he's just, <laughs> yeah, right. It's controversial though. Talk to, yeah. talk to Chris Bramante and I he'll know. You know, fight you tooth and I nail. Just like talk to other people yeah. and they'll be like, no, that was dumb. They shouldn't remove Tom Bombadil. Mm -hmm. But I think overall the way they reduce the story, the way they told it, it just everything blended so well I, that I was I, just into it. I feel like some Dune heads might come for me, but I'm like, I don't think they cut any characters from the book for this mm. film, for Dune. Mm. I really mm. don't. I think that they may have pushed a few characters into the background a little bit. I'll give you the example. I'll give you example. Oh, wait. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bleep it out. Damn it. <laughs> bleep, bleep that whole Adam, section. cut it out. Cut it, cut it out. <laughs> can, we, can we talk spoilers, gentlemen? Can we get into the yeah. spoilers? Look, overall, okay, so, I would say we all really like this movie. Should you go yeah, see it? Absolutely. Yeah. Go yeah. find the biggest IMAX screen or 3D screen that you can find. Yeah, that's what I want to say. Watch it in the yeah. biggest format possible yeah. that you I can find anywhere. I don't think it's a super accessible sci-fi movie that is a crowd pleaser. I don't think this is Star Wars and it's not for everybody. 
my mom did not enjoy the movie. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, right. so I, I, I think that, um, but I totally agree with you guys. Go see it because I feel like people who, mo out of most people who go see it, I think there's going to be a handful of people that are like, this is entirely my jam. I love mm -hmm. Dune. And everyone yeah. else will be like, Dune was good or fine. I or feel whatever. like that was kind so, of the similar case with Blade Runner. People who yeah. liked Blade Runner mm. and consider it a classic loved yeah. 2049. And people yeah. who were kind of like, yeah, Blade Runner's cool. Right. They didn't feel any more or less towards Although, 2049. Interestingly, like Blade Runner, mm -hmm. and uh, I know I've seen people online who like liked the original Blade Runner and really disliked the new one. And I've yeah. seen people who prefer the 80s David mm -hmm. Lynch movie and really dislike this one. Mm -hmm. And when I yeah. see some arguments like that, I tend to be like, I don't know if, mm, I guess we just want different things from movies and that's totally okay. Yeah. But, um, yeah. but, but this movie isn't perfect, but I feel like a lot of, if there's issues in the movie, frankly, 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 I think it just goes back to, well, that's what was in the book kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. Like what, what Frank Herbert is, is setting up, but let's talk spoilies. Spoiler alert is up. Uh, Adam, please bleep all that. Shit I said. <laughs> uh, what I was going to say is that there's characters like Dr. Yue who are a little mm -hmm. bit more upfront in the David Lynch movie and in the book, but I think we're purposefully put in the background just a little bit in this movie because mm -hmm. it's like, well, if you learn more about the guy before the big reveal, you'll see it coming a mile away. Like he, you yeah. know, I think in the story and maybe in the eighties version, somebody talks to him and he's like, Oh, my wife and she, I'll see her at some point, but we're, mm -hmm. we're apart and we're away or something. Mm -hmm. So you go, okay, that's yeah. what, that's Which what they, the guy's motivation is. They very is. lightly allude to in this movie at one point, yeah. but not, an, not heavy enough, I think. And yeah, I, I agree. I think it's done purposefully. Because I think it would be too obvious of like, I mean, I definitely yeah, watching bit. the movie was like, Dr. UA seems nice, but there's something just slightly off. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but I didn't think to that extent, which was mm -hmm. kind of a massive plot point in the movie. Yeah. I, I also want to say something too, to Augustine's point, this movie does not go heavy on characters. It doesn't try to like update a lot of characters language, but it mm -hmm. still does some. Because there's moments where it's in the trailer where Momo is like, look at you putting on a little muscle. And he's like, really? No, not at all. Like that's completely colloquial and modern. And that's how we talk. And mm -hmm. I don't think the characters in Dune, the novel, talk like that. Mm -hmm. But I'm glad they did those little touches. And even the way that they, like Keller saw the film and he was saying that he felt that there was a real coldness to the movie, which I think is fair. Mm -hmm. But yeah. re like reading the book for the first time last year, watching the 80s Lynch, the David Lynch version, I felt like there was a lot of warmth in scenes, even when, like, again, when Oscar Isaac is talking to his his lady mm -hmm. Jessica, who's technically not his wife, he's not married to her, but they're together right. and they have a son. And he goes, I wish we had more time. If something happens to me, will you protect our son? And she goes, mm -hmm. with my life. And he goes, I'm not yeah. talking to my wife. I'm talking to the to Benny Gesserit. I'm talking to, you know, like, and she was taken aback. Like, these moments, even though they're full of, like, Dune space age lingo mm -hmm. shit that you might mm -hmm. not know what it is. I felt the emotion. I felt yeah, the relationship yeah. between these two parents and their kid, the mom and and Paul especially. You know, mm -hmm. the just the moment, just the moment again. I'm, and I think they pulled the right moments from for the trailer when when uh, Oscar Isaac's um, Lido Atreides is like, even if you didn't do all of this other shit, you would still be, be exactly what son. I needed you to be. Mm -hmm. Be my son. Right. And I was yeah. like, that this that to me was great. my favorite moment. One of yeah. my favorite moments within, just because. It, in such a short amount of time, Oscar Isaacs was able to deliver. Like, we had barely any time to get to know him as a character. But we immediately get to know that he's a loving father just mm -hmm. by that short scene. Totally. And, and, you, get to, and you get to trust him. And then 
that builds the trust when they move on to the onto the planet where you're like, yep. okay, I believe Oscar Isaac wants to save these people on the ship, wants to help these people on this planet. Like he's a good human being. Mm-hmm. And and that was it's just that's why I said that I love that way that they efficiently told the story because it could easily get lost and like let's really yes. dive into and like yeah. flood the story with him being a loving yep. guy or something, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I think the other thing too that really works for me is like you're saying that one moment because he does duke does feel a little cold in the beginning and even though he might have some quippy moments with gurney you're still kind of like i don't know how i feel about him is he is he a good like is he a good Mm -hmm. person a good father and then you start to unravel a little bit of that and then him and paul have Mm -hmm. that moment and you're like okay this is a man who cares about his family his family really does matter people matter to him Mm -hmm. so you know when he accepts this mission you mm-hmm. you know that his intentions at least hopefully you know that his yeah. intentions are good and not yeah. to take advantage of the situation mm-hmm. i want to highlight the casting of this movie God damn. because so the, the casting in the movie i think is is a double-edged sword i think on the one hand it is some of the best casting i've seen in a big movie mm-hmm. like this and mm-hmm. even just casting oscar isaac i think gets us to trust him yeah you know mm-hmm. casting rebecca ferguson as the lady jessica gets you to know that she has a lot of power Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thinking of her character in dr sleep like she's yeah. terrifying and yet i trust her mission impossible like i'm like she's a good guy she's a good yeah. guy like <laughs> like mm-hmm. josh mm-hmm. brolin jason yeah. momoa those are fantastic pieces of casting uh the wonderful actor i want to bring up his name who who um first of all david the small chin is one of the bad guys yeah was <laughs> so good yeah you know and 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 david the small chin and most of the roles he's played he, he'll play a character like that so when you see him unfortunately your movie brain goes like that's a bad guy like e- even though yeah. he's awesome and i love yeah. him <laughs> um i want to i want to highlight this character who plays thufer howitt oh i love who, stephen who mckinley henderson i love stephen this actor McKinley so henderson. much I adore this guy. And, and, and I want and, to like hug him and just spend right? an evening with him in a fire, just like drinking and sharing stories. One of these advisors to the to the to the Atreides family and stuff. Like yeah. all of the casting was great. And I think mm-hmm. it was done in a way kind of like Marvel movies where they cast certain actors and you immediately feel mm-hmm. a, a way about that character, you know, thinking of Kumail in Eternals. Like you just mm-hmm. you, you mm-hmm. feel because you bring what you know about this actor with you. But I also want to mention, too, that I think that one of the biggest, if not the biggest pieces of controversy for the film, and it's it's totally valid and fair, is like they should have made more of an effort to cast Middle Eastern or Egyptian or North African actors mm-hmm. to play some. Because the whole point of Dune and what Frank Herbert did, he took a whole bunch of it from actual Middle Eastern culture because of what he was trying to say politically, what he was trying to say you know, uh, uh, in terms of what the environment, it, how important it is and all that other stuff. So like if, if we're drawing from those cultures and it's inspired by, and he's pulling a bunch of stuff in, if you watch the eighties Dune movie, you hear the word a lot. And if you read the book, it's in the book. And I think they didn't do it in this because the word has taken on a different meaning post nine 11 politically, but they have, they say the word jihad a lot mm, in the story and frank herbert wrote this shit in the 60s like yeah. we know of that word differently in our upbringing in our life because right. of politically what we had to deal with you know post september 11th and stuff right. so like but does that mean that they could have had middle eastern actors playing some of the atreides family yeah mm-hmm. yeah they've had some middle eastern actors playing the fremen who are supposed to be the people inspired by those mm-hmm. cultures yes Absolutely. but it's a thing where like do you want to avoid stereotypes yes the fremen seem like they're mostly people of color. Mm-hmm. And I think that mm-hmm. shit is on purpose, right? Denis Villeneuve said that he fell in love with Dune when he found a book when he was young and it had a 
black person on the cover with those blue eyes. So he thought of, and even if it was a French version of the book, and even if it wasn't intended to be a black person or an African person or a person of African descent, he saw that with the blue eyes. So he pictured the Fremen as being black or African or, you know, desert people. That's yeah. what he, that's what he pulled. So like he's doing that and you've got Javier Bardem and Zendaya and all these amazing actors who like the actress who plays Leah Kynes, who's supposed to be Fremen, but also not, uh, is Sharon, Sharon Duncan, Duncan Brewster. Brewster, like just, um, just really, really amazing actors, really, really great actors. Mm -hmm. And the, so this criticism that's coming out is like, there should have been more of that. And that's true, but it's also like, that's not the biggest cast for this first part of Dune. Right. And without giving too much away, the world does expand. So, like, is there an opportunity for Denis Villeneuve and the crew to bring in more actors of Middle yeah. Eastern and North African descent? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I hope that they do. And, you know, and it's also it's also tricky because I want to get into this without spoiling it because I haven't read past the first book. But even the casting of Timothy Chalamet, this young, good looking white boy, I think that's purposeful to the story. But I don't want to give anything away what happens with Paul. But when mm. people have been observing this movie and they're going well, this is a white savior movie like that's what this trope mm -hmm. is yeah mm -hmm. it is and i and it's and it's tricky because could the movie have addressed it yeah but it might be too early you see what mm, i'm saying like i, I see, like i, I think that the dune story addresses it and i yeah. haven't read anything yeah. past dune one and i think this, you know the second one is called dune messiah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i'm pretty sure it's about you know the next yeah step or whatever yeah. like good, good or bad right so okay. so it's so so those are the kind of things that i was thinking about while watching this movie and i'm also thinking you know gentlemen like yourselves and people who have not read dune or haven't been talked to by a friend who's read all of dune mm -hmm. yeah they don't know this stuff so the movie just comes across as timothy chalamet is the mm -hmm. hero he yeah. is somehow this he's somehow the white son of rebecca ferguson and oscar isaac okay sure sure could he mm -hmm. could he have been a little browner yeah yeah sure i mean oscar isaac is <laughs> Is but he's white, also half witch Guatemalan so. and yeah she, exactly he's half witch and like so um and i think a lot of the casting of the of the bad guys the the harkonnens yeah, yeah. was also very purposeful you know with with stellan yeah. skarsgård who was like terrifying oh my christ yeah. i, I know, knew stellan right. skarsgård was in this movie and when we are introduced to him, I'm like, this is one nasty looking man. Holy <laughs> yep. God. You know, that's but, all from the book. And, and, yeah. and even, even yeah. from the 80s movie, when you watch the 80s movie, it, I think it comes across as kind of silly and it doesn't mm -hmm. work. But this mm -hmm. he was so terrifying. So, you yeah. know, but like, yeah. but like, look at all of those characters, the Harkonnen, what they do is they make them super white, no eyebrows, yeah. no, you know, yeah. and I'm like, that's, that's purposeful. Like they have yeah. kind of removed the beautiful color that Dave Bautista normally has. Right, because right. Because he's supposed to be a part of this family and, and mm -hmm. stuff. So, and that's that's yeah. I think what's been kind of interesting about the movie because I've had people ask me about that, but I've never read Dune. Like I don't, I don't know Dune outside of seeing the David Lynch movie once. I've mm -hmm. never read any of the books. I've never really done mm -hmm. any deep dives on Dune. The only real context or real like anything that I can kind of connect it to is Star Wars because you can definitely feel the inspiration and the influence on star Wars from Dune. Mm -hmm. So like, that's yeah. really all I had going into it. So when this, when these conversations came up, I'm like, totally valid. I have nothing to contribute to this because I don't have any of the context. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So it was interesting so, so, that like, so yeah. it's interesting to like hear you say that and to know like, okay, 
let's see what they do in part two and how they yeah. maybe try to, I don't want to say I, course correct, but just try to see how they explain it in the context of the movie. Mm-hmm. Again, right. it's, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of rare because even in this day and age, we've seen Hollywood really, really blow it when it comes to stuff like this. But I'm just saying, I think that the care going into this movie, like in making mm-hmm. the movie and the people involved, I think that they're aware of, of some of these issues that, spring up when you read half of a book from 1960s you know what i mean like i I think they're aware of that and it's and it's just tricky Mm -hmm. because it's like it might not be looked at until part two or even beyond if they're able Mm -hmm. to do a a third movie maybe dune messiah yeah um right so anyway but but yeah i I was just gonna say to your point adam like even i don't feel qualified to talk about all of this kind of stuff because again Mm -hmm. i'm not a dune expert and i'm also not a person of middle eastern descent yeah who who knows more like there are scholars of the frank herbert dune mythology mm-hmm. who are also like middle eastern so they know their shit yeah. yeah and i would just say to anybody listening like look that stuff up and read what those folks are saying yeah you know? that's the kind yeah. of least we can all do is to just kind of read some stuff be aware of it mm-hmm. and, but again it's tricky because it's like maybe we don't want to be spoiled for for part two so maybe yeah. this is all <laughs> yeah we can revisit in a few years when part two comes exactly. out exactly and then with the full picture really being like okay did they drop the ball or did they know mm-hmm. what they were doing and then they mm-hmm. kind of you know so we'll yeah, see but and yeah. i also and i also tend to look at like the general filmography of a director i feel like and maybe i'm totally wrong but i feel like denis villeneuve for the most part is he's very um i would say forward thinking like he like Lady Jessica's role from what I read is way more expanded in the movie. Then you look at Sicario, you look at Arrival, you know, like the leading characters are women. So mm-hmm. I, I think he is somebody who like doesn't necessarily like disregard those things. He thinks about it mm-hmm. and he tries to put right. it in and put in an effort. I don't know if it's good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, right. right. But I feel like there is an effort. So I don't know. I mm-hmm. guess, again, we have to kind of wait for part two to see how they yeah. explain it. Right, right, right. There's a lot of unanswered stuff here. And I personally did not know that this was part one of several parts of whatever they're going to do here. Yeah, because the movie title in the movie tells you it's part one, but all the advertising just says do nothing tells you that it's just that it's anything really, which I do feel um, a little bit like I don't if (laughs) bamboozled. Well, not necessarily. I mean, like I knew that it was part one of part two, uh, but I can totally yeah. see how people going into it are like, this just feels like you were just setting up a franchise. And I'm mm-hmm. like, you probably should have yeah. told people that this was purposely yeah. a part one of two because Villeneuve was yeah, like, yeah. I won't do it unless it's two parts because it's just too expansive, which I'm like, yeah. mm-hmm. me knowing that I'm like, great, I'm in. But general people are like, I feel like I got half a movie. I'm like, you did. Yeah. But yeah. they told but I, you, I, but they didn't tell you. They did tell you. And they literally said part one. Yeah. And when they said part one, my mind instantly changed. I'm like, oh, yeah. okay. I've seen Lord <laughs> of the Rings. I know what a part right. one ending is going right. to be like. Right, right. You know, yeah. we, we've all we've all seen movies that end this way. So yeah. I personally just, even though I was not warned, I it didn't bother me at all the way this movie ended. No, not yeah. me, me either at no. all. Yeah. I, I just want to say my favorite character in the movie is Stilgar, Javier Bardem, after that one spitting scene. <laughs> oh that dude, my yeah, God. Has, that dude has okay. such a presence. It's unreal how awesome mm-hmm. Javier he Bardem is. He walked into everything. that room like, oh my and God, just spit, yeah. and I was like, yeah. okay, this is the intensity yeah. that this man is leading. Yep. Like, yeah. He feels yeah. so in charge and just so present and so mm-hmm. just in the moment. Mm-hmm. I, I was like, I want more of this character so desperately mm-hmm. bad. 
And I don't know yeah. the last movie that I saw him in. It, it wasn't Skyfall, but it feels like it was Skyfall. But yeah. like that presence and his just mm-hmm. like the way he just comes in and just is like, I don't give a yeah. shit. Like he it's just so He commands magnetic. the room. He commands yeah. the room. Commands my, that room. My favorite character was Space Daddy Oscar Isaac, man. So <laughs> okay. Oscar so Oscar good. Isaac. Oscar Isaac. Isaac. When he did the one tear, when they did it, yeah. when they told him like your son is dead, your wife is dead, and you're like, yeah. you want to tell him, no, they're not. It's okay. But he did the yeah. one tear. The one tier <laughs> acting, top notch. But also the hair, the beard, the beard. just like the yeah. suit with the so- come on, man. He's yeah. like he is up he joined the upper levels of like iconic sci-fi yeah. characters with that look yeah. with that presence yeah. being uh, who he is daddy space yeah. daddy it's, it's space daddy he's him with that 18 week old daddy. beard Mm-mm-mm. yeah dude. so good he's, yeah that's that he was my favorite character for sure yeah really good really good. yeah i mean in the movie i think balances intense moments with lighthearted moments with action mm-hmm. moments that i actually that, that is the one thing i do want to say is I did feel like some of the hand-to-hand combat at times was a little tough to follow. Oh, and yeah, you're right. It you're suffers right. Okay. a little bit from what I think Christopher Nolan's action scenes suffer from, is the coverage is too tight. Like, I want the cameras farther back so I can feel like I'm watching an actual sure. fight. Sometimes I feel like I'm watching stuff that's cut together because they're like, it kind of works. Let's just edit it yeah. together. You wanted that, that shot also- G, baby. Yes, we wanted the dope kung fu. I mean, they don't do kung fu, but <laughs> yeah. also I think the personal shields that they, they, my only gripe about the VFX are the personal shields were mm-hmm. really obstructing a lot of the movement because mm-hmm. it was blue and red flashes passing each other and you didn't really know like who was hitting who and you couldn't tell if the, the hit moves was slow were. enough. Bro, pass through the shield you, it, and uh, yeah. I I wish part two was already out. I wish this was like the Matrix, where like we just yeah. had to wait six months. Like they already filmed <laughs> you that just shit. Downloaded into my yeah. head. I want to show you guys now the '80s David Lynch movie because the personal mm-hmm. shields in that look like the time travel doors in Loki. They're literally <laughs> these like little orange molasses square cubes. And they uh-huh. look so jank, and it's so uh. funny, <laughs> so great. So I hear what you're saying, Augustine, but at the same time, I'm just uh-huh. comparing it to that. So I'm like, dude, the new yeah. shields in this new movie look dope, dude. They look so good. <laughs> <laughs> they look great. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and in terms of the story and the pacing, yeah. I would say, and I told this to Augustine too, is sometimes when we're constantly, they're not flash. Well, some of it is flashback, but some of it is also fla- flashing to Zendaya's character and the visions that he sees. Yeah. It, for me, sometimes it would slow down the forward momentum of the movie. Sure, sure. But sure. I know that they're important because every time we see her, they're different and they give you a little bit of a different perspective of the story. Yeah. So that's that's really it. But otherwise, like I felt like this movie, the pacing was really, really good. And it I yeah, I never got bored in that movie. That movie moved right. and it kept yeah. going and yeah. it didn't stop. Augustine, yeah. when's the last time you did a watch all the Lord of the Rings in one day? Theatrical oh. edition, theatrical edition. I feel like not since our twenties, right? I feel like we don't have the stamina. Yeah. <laughs> like, it has, actually, it has not been since like I'm thirty seven now. It, I was probably like thirty one. Thirty one. Oh, that's not that long ago. I'm thinking. Bro, I'm thinking maybe for the holidays. Maybe for the holidays we can do it. Maybe put them on in the background when we're doing Friendsgiving or something. But yeah, I will say at the end of this movie, I was imagining a few years from now, Dune Part Two comes out. And then mm-hmm. you can just do both in one sitting. And I'm like, that is a lot of sitting, but a that's long gonna, day. That's going to be juicy. Like I can't <laughs> wait for that. Here's that's the thing. It feels good. long when you watch it at AMC theaters because they have 30 yeah. minutes of ads. Oh my God. You don't Nicole, have that. And then Nicole Kidman telling me I should go to AMC. Holy like, yeah, Christ. Where do you Nicole, think I am, Nicole? What am I doing here already? 
I love trailers. I love seeing trailers on the big screen, but that is too damn long. Nicole, what do you think I'm a what do you think I'm a regal right now? Arclight's dead. I'm at AMC. Cinema? Come on, man. Nicole, I'm not in my living room. Cinemark? Jesus Christ. Why are you showing me this commercial AMC? It's You're making so me mad. Long. I'm at the drive-in. You're Get making me mad at Nicole. Yeah, it's it's too much. It's too much. And and that was yeah. the one thing about, you know, seeing something like Eternals early was there's no trailer. The movie just starts. And I'm not saying no nice. trailers, but like right. come nice. on. Two trailers and Nicole came in and then let's minutes. go. Yeah. I'm I'm a Stubbs it, member. Uh, come on. I don't need yeah. this. Yeah. I should yeah, I should get to the movie faster if yeah, I'm a subs member. Yeah. Hey, I I'm A-list. Can you? Faster. Yeah, A-list. Can you give me the A-list screening, please? Yeah. Can you send me the actual time the movie's gonna start, yeah. and I'll be sure to be there before that. I'm A-list. I'll be thank there you. before that. I wanna... yeah, thank you. I can cut the line to get popcorn uh, before everybody I can't else. Cut the ads. Tell me I can't cut can... these ads out. They can me look bad in front of my girlfriend. She's thinking I'm making us late, and I'm like, sweetheart, right. we got 30 minutes of <laughs> leftover time. We're good. Movie starts at one. We can roll in at one twenty. Thank you. A good buffer. <laughs> yep. We're fine. We're not late. Tons of time. You're not running late because of me. I'm not running late. We're good. Oh <laughs> man! You're gonna be mad. You're gonna be mad sitting through 30 minutes. Of time. I told you you're gonna be mad sitting through 30 <laughs> minutes. Of you're gonna be mad. I try to get here. I try. Try to get here late. Sorry. Too bad. Tried. Should have got another anyway. drink at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Dune is sick. Everybody should see it. It's hell. Yeah. <laughs> it's go super watch sick. fucking Dune, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> you, should definitely, you should definitely go check it out. Again, I want to go see it in IMAX because it's the last week. If you can watch it in digital IMAX, watch it in digital IMAX. If you can find, if there is an IMAX theater near you that has like full 143 projection, there are some sequences in the movie that are in 143. The only theater that we can watch it in that does that is the Universal Studios IMAX. Um, so if you can find a theater that's playing in that format, watch it. I think you'll love it. Um, but yeah, check out Dune. It's 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 so damn good. And if you've never seen a Villeneuve movie before this, you should definitely check out his filmography. He's got yeah. other movies that I think are also exceptional. Um, I always talk about Sicario. Intense. Some of them are pretty intense. <laughs> For sure. I always talk about Sicario and Prisoners, and I always, with the asterisk of, it's very intense, so be, be prepared. Uh, it's going to be a long night. <laughs> but let us know in the comments below what you thought about Dune Part 1. What did you think? Are you somebody who has read the book? How did it compare to the movie? And are you excited for part two? Let us know in the comments below. Subscribe if you haven't already. And we'll see you guys in the next review. Bye.